Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, welcome to Season 3 of the Lead Defend Podcast. Hey, a guys. lot has changed, but we are excited about it. Uh, we have kicked Seth Tucker to the curb, and we have Brock <laughs> Caldwell now. So, Brock, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Brock. I'm the middle school student pastor at First Baptist Rogers. Love being in Arkansas. I've been in the state uh, vocationally at a church for about three years now. So I'm originally from West Plains, Missouri. Uh-oh. Uh, grew up, yeah, I'm not originally from Arkansas. Everybody's got to be from somewhere. Yeah, everyone's from somewhere. A lot of people think I came back to Arkansas from Missouri, but actually I came to Arkansas for the first time from Missouri. Mm. Um, so grew up in West Plains. It was actually during my senior year of high school. Uh, my student pastor uh, had moved on, and we got a new student pastor who had some roots in Arkansas, Corey Majors. He's the pastor now at uh, West Baptist Church in Batesville. He brought us down to Super Summer, and that Super Summer was kind of my connection to Arkansas. Your first taste of Arkansas was Super Summer. was camo school with the Bill Newton. And it was mosquitoes. That was your first taste of Arkansas, and you thought, I want to move here. And I still wanted to come back. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, Brock, let me ask you a couple questions before we jump in. Yeah. How many episodes of the Lead Defend podcast have you listened to before you started co-hosting. Well, I remember when you guys first started, sure. I was listening almost every time, but it was, uh, you guys did like a dating series. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of was was joking around with, with Seth, who used to be on the podcast, that was just like, the, all these dating Rip episodes. Seth in Tucker. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, that guy. Exactly. So Mom, Moment of mourning for Seth. Okay, and yep, we move on. We yep. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've listened to a few. Okay. But got to, to come to the Lead Defend Conference a few times, and those are incredible. So by a few, Brock means two times. He's listened to two episodes, and now he's a co-host. <laughs> it's going to be great. But Brock is actually helping us kick off a new part of Lead Defend called Foundations. It's yeah, coming up this we, year. We want those middle schoolers coming. So we're going to have uh, not just middle schoolers, but it's an opportunity for 6th through ninth graders, a grade that in the past haven't been able to, to have the opportunity to come to Lead Defend. And we want them to have the opportunity to engage in apologetic arguments and leadership so that they they can be uh, already on their way to being great leaders by the time they're in high school and college. Yeah, so as we start Season 3 of Lead Defend Podcast, we're looking forward to March 5th, 2022, yeah. and we're going to have Lead Defend Foundations, which is for 6th to ninth grade students, and then we'll have regular Lead Defend Conference, right. which is for 10th grade on up through college. And the two venues are going to be right by each other, yeah. so it's going to be really easy for student pastors and churches to bring their entire student ministry and college ministry to this event. It's going to be a party, but it's going to be two separate parties. So college so, students get to party separate from middle schoolers. Exactly. Which is a good thing. It's, yeah, probably for it's the best. It's a good thing. Well, Brock, <laughs> so we've talked about middle school, high school, college. So when did you come to faith? Yeah, so I actually was saved when I was young, around eight years old. Yeah. Um, I can still remember uh, we were coming back from my cousin's graduation. And, you know, I was I was eight. There had been storms before, but for whatever reason, as we were driving, there was this storm that I just got kind of weirded out by, huh. choked up, scared, and began to ask questions about, like, afterlife, what happens when you die, and those types of things. And it was through those conversations with my parents, I came to recognize my need for salvation, came to see that I'm a sinner, uh, needed to be saved, was able to go and talk to my pastor, was later baptized. And and that's kind of how I came to faith um, at a pretty early age. So it all started with a literal storm. Yeah. And so I kind of like to explain it that the the storm on the outside made me aware of a storm on the inside that I didn't even know was there. Bro, that's deep. It is deep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so you you make a decision to trust Christ. Right. You're eight years old. 
and now you're doing ministry. Right. So you serve at First Baptist Rogers. Tell us a little bit about your position there. Yeah, so I am the middle school student pastor at First Baptist Rogers. I work on an amazing student ministry team and a broader discipleship team, and Specifically, my job is to invest in the lives of 6th through 8th graders. So okay. I'm able to, to preach, teach, kind of oversee our, our small group discipleship um, and, and all that comes along with that. Yeah, for sure. So when did you know that you were called to ministry? Yeah, so uh, you know, after I was saved, I, I had the benefit of growing up in the same church my entire life. And so a lot of people move around a lot. I, I stayed in, in West Plains, was born and raised there. And so I had the, the chance for the church really to pour into me. Um, I'm, I'm a big advocate, thumbs up for local church, yeah. pouring in and investing to, to all ages. Um, but it was about my senior year in student ministry that we had just gotten that new student pastor. And I began to think for the first time, is this something that God's calling me to? And he had only been there for a couple months. I wasn't usually the type that would just go and open up to somebody I didn't know sure. early on. But for some reason, I felt like my heart was stirring to say, this is the direction you're going. So I talked to him about it. That wasn't a one-time conversation. There were a lot of further conversations from there. And then finally, it was my freshman year of college. I had stayed home uh, for my first year of school to kind of save some money up. Yeah. And uh, I, we were having a revival at our church. I, I wasn't even planning on going that night and got out of class uh, at the, the college I was going to, went to, to the revival. And it was that night that I really felt the Lord confirm in my heart that he was calling me to ministry. I, I, I remember the, the evangelist, he gave an invitation. And during that invitation, like, I was wrestling. Like, you know, Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord, trying to f get, get it all worked yeah. out. And, and all of a sudden, he closes the invitation. And I kind of gave a sigh of relief. Like, bro, like man. I'm free. Don't I'm, have to do I'm ministry free. the rest of my life. I can, I can think sad. about this some yep. other time. And then he came back, that joker came back on stage and said, like, for some reason, we're not here. Does the whole reopen the invitation thing? And I just remember thinking, he's got me. Wow. And so my student pastor was next to me, luckily got with him. Him, myself, and our senior pastor just talked. And what they said regarding being called into ministry, it just made sense. Yeah. And so that was kind of the night that the Lord confirmed in my heart, hey, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And you were how old at that time? So I would have been 19. So talk to me about the journey. You were 19, yep. and you were already in college at yep. that point. And so how was following God's call to ministry on your life? Mm -hmm. What did that look like in the preceding months and years? Yeah, so it, in ways it seemed really simple, and then in ways it, it later seemed kind of complicated. Yeah. So it seemed simple because I feel like when a lot of, especially young guys, are called into ministry, it's like, oh, obviously I'm being called to be a student pastor, mm -hmm. which is great. We actually need more student pastors right 100%. now, tons of opportunities for people to be investing in the lives of, of students um, in, that, in that basis. But I think maybe sometimes we put God's calling for our lives in a box. Yeah. And so, you know, you're young, you enjoy hanging out with students, and, and so you think, you know what? I'm called to, to student ministry. My wife was the same way. So my wife, actually at Super Summer, uh, she felt a call into missions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for her, uh, she f feels this calling on her life. And so automatically, you know, she's a young lady. And so she's thinking, what avenue of ministry? Oh, it must be missions. And yeah. I think on either side of the spectrum, sometimes we can take God's call in our lives, whether that's to vocational ministry or whether it's to anything else, and we can put it in a box. And so... While originally I really thought, you know what, I'm just called to, to student ministry, I still believe that I am. Sure. That's obviously where God has me right now, mm -hmm. and I would be happy to do that as long as I lived. You know, sometimes people ask me, Ryan, how did you know you were called to this specific role in college ministry? I'm yeah. Like, 
well, honestly, I'm doing college ministry. And so I'm enjoying it. God's and I'm passionate it, about it. So, yeah. But I also think the Lord began, uh, Jeff Yorg, which uh, yeah. Gateway Seminary, is that what it's still called? Yep. It was Golden Gate, now it's yep. Gateway. Now it's Gateway. So he wrote a book on um, called, I think it's Are You Called or something. The convention actually Gosh. has some of those. Yep, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't think of name. it off the top of my head, but I read that book, and he defines uh, calling into is ministry. Is God calling you? Yeah, is God calling you? He defines it a little bit differently. Rather than boxing yourself into a specific lane, it's about this, this idea of ministry leadership. Mm. And so I began to see God has called me in a special way to ministry leadership. He's called everyone yep. to ministry. All of us are called to serve in some capacity. I just felt like he was calling me to give my life vocationally mm -hmm. um, to ministry leadership in a specific way. Yeah. And right now, that avenue that he's called me to is through students, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's incredible. So when you think about following God's call, and it's not just you, it's you, mm -hmm. your wife, and now your two kids. Yeah. And so when you think about following God's call, what have been the things that you've had to say no to and yes to in following God's call? Hmm. I mean, because there are trials and struggles that yeah. kind of, pull you away from it in certain seasons. So what have been the difficult parts of following God's call? I think number one, you've got to be certain that God has called you because there's mm -hmm. going to be times where um, you may want to quit sure. and you may want to pull out. You know, you see Paul. And you're not just necessarily talking about ministry. You're talking no, about whatever God's called whatever, you to. Yeah, whatever you're called to, whatever you're passionate about. I mean, the Bible is clear that, you know, in this life we will have trouble. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Wade Morris, who a lot of us know, he's sure. done Super Summer a few times. He even talked about um, at a camp we were at a few weeks ago, those who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. It yeah. should be something we expect if we're living a godly life, trying to pursue our calling in a godly way. And so whether that's persecution or just interruptions in life, you're mm -hmm. going to have difficulties. You're going to have setbacks. But if you're convinced and convicted that God has called you, that conviction helps you push through the barriers because you know that's what you have to do. Wow, that's a good word. Can, I like that, convinced mm -hmm. and convicted. Yeah. Because those are two different things. Yeah, you can be convicted about something, but are you convinced about those convictions? Sure. There's that difference between, and, and maybe it's semantics, but you, some people have beliefs, but are those real beliefs that actually shape the way yeah. that you live? Yeah, that's a good word. So as you've continued to follow God's call in the ministry, what are those those kind of foundational shaping beliefs that you say, man, this, these are bedrocks of truth that I go back to often? Yeah, for sure. Number one, Jesus is the Son of God who mm -hmm. died to take away the sins of the world and rose again. Sometimes I think when we're sharing the gospel, we, we know that Jesus is is the, the one who died to be our sacrifice. But if we forget about— He didn't about, stay dead, bro. He didn't stay dead. We serve a, a risen Savior, yeah. and, and that's where the, the power comes from. The mm -hmm. power is from the Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit, Paul says, lives in us. And so we've got to remember that, that we serve a risen Savior, that He's the one who died yeah. for our sins. We are dependent upon Him. We're dependent upon that Holy Spirit that lives in us. Um, I, you know, whatever you— you're doing, whether it's ministry or something else, but especially ministry, you need to be convinced and convicted that the Bible is the Word of God. If you have no um, foundation, um, then I'm not sure how you really build those convictions unless you have a solid foundation built upon the Word of God. Um, and then and then also, especially ministry, um, you need to be be convinced that, that your role um, is to connect with people, mm -hmm. but not just building those relationships. Yes, you should have friendships and all, but but make sure what you're about is making disciples. You're yeah. not just making friends. You're not just making relationships, but specifically you're making disciples, people yeah. who, who look like Jesus, believe in Jesus, well, it's relationships and follow for Jesus. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good. So tell us about your family because your yeah. family's changed some the last couple months. 
changed a lot. Two yep. two kids is a game changer. So so my wife is Megan. Uh, her and I have been married for about five and a half years. She's actually from Arkansas, so mm-hmm. she's from the Farmington area uh, near Fayetteville. And we have two children. We have Hannah, who is t- two and a half years old, and then we have Haddon, who is about three months old now. Crazy. Yep. All right, so what's the difference in two kids from one kid? So the difference between two kids and one kid is with one kid, you have free time and can take naps while the first one's sleeping. Uh, that's but one, you throw a second one in the so mix. nap time is over. Nap time is over for the most part. Uh, there's a lot more messes to clean up. It's juggling one versus two. So you get one settled, and now you got the other one who's over in something. But I'm going to be honest, man. I wouldn't do it any other way. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Uh, and, and we're so thankful, you know, I, I, I'm very thankful for our two kids. They're, they're a handful. They're a, a lot to do, but, but we love them so much. And it's a, a sign of God's grace that he lets us be parents to them. Sure. Now there are some changes coming up season three, obviously, and we have some incredible episodes coming up. We went to Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary yeah, we did. and did some interviews. Man, they're great. In the I can't wait Spurgeon for Library. Yes, it's going to be so good. We've got Bill Newton coming up, Adam Venters. We've got some incredible content mm-hmm. coming up this season, just this semester. Um, but there's been a lot of changes. We replaced geriatric Seth Tucker with Brock. <laughs> so Brock, how old are you? So I am 29. Wow. A lot younger than old Seth Tucker. And a few a few kids less than yep. Seth Tucker. A few kids less, too. So rapid-fire questions, and then Let's we'll go. end. What's your favorite color? Favorite color is blue. Your favorite professional sports team? St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. What's the first word that comes into your mind when you think of Seth Tucker? <laughs> George Clooney. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank you guys so, so much. We are excited for the stuff ahead, and we cannot wait to see you not only at Lead Defend 2022 uh, conference on March 5th, yeah, but also at the podcast every other week. Let's go. See you soon. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.